Hey guys, welcome to episode 202 of SwiftCast. This is Ashley. Steph. Adam. And Sammy. And you guys might remember Sammy back from episode 171. She joined us talking about the secret session. And that was a really fun episode. She talked about when she had the chance to go to that in L.A. And since then, she's been helping us out with some of our social media, um, the graphic that we had for our call-in episode the other week she made. So we're glad that she's joining us on an episode. Yeah, thanks for having me again. I had a lot of fun last time, so excited for this one. And later in this episode, we're going to be talking about a timeline of Taylor's entire career that Billboard published, which is pretty cool. They've been updating it periodically with all of the major milestones from her, basically her whole career. So it's an awesome look back over the years. And we're going to be talking about some of the best moments from each year on that timeline. But first, I have to talk about something really cool that happened today, June 4th in Manchester was, of course, the huge benefit concert that Ariana Grande organized to benefit the victims of the Manchester attack. Yeah, I didn't get a chance to check any of this out on TV, but I'm sure I'll look up some highlights later. But I just found it was so awesome how many huge artists they got to come together and how fast they were able to put it all together because they were able to do it in what, about a week or so, organize this whole event, which is just awesome. Yeah, I was impressed with that, too. I think everybody just realizes the importance of it and wanted to help any way they could. Yeah, they had so many big names. They had Miley Cyrus. They had Niall from One Direction. They had Coldplay. They had Little Mix. I'm forgetting people right now. Justin Bieber. Katy Perry. Yeah, it was a huge lineup. And a lot of the acts played sort of inspirational songs as opposed to just playing some of their biggest hits, which was pretty cool. I watched the stream. I caught pretty much all of it. And there was a part where Ariana mentioned that, I don't know if you guys heard about Olivia. She was one of the victims from the attack. And she, or Ariana mentioned that she had met her mom earlier that week and her mom wanted her to make sure she played the hits because that's what Olivia would have wanted. So she sang like her inspirational songs, but because Olivia's mom requested it, she played some of her hits too. So that was cool. Yeah, it's really special. I saw some photos from Ariana visiting some fans in the hospital too. Yeah, it's awesome. They also had Imogen Heap on the lineup, which was cool to see. Oh, did you get to hear any of that? She sang Hide and Seek on the part that I saw. Imogen is really talented. When she came out, of course, I was hoping maybe she would sing clean, even though it wouldn't really make sense (laughs) to anything. But I I thought it would be a nice song. I thought people would like it. Yeah, I think so. But all of the duets that I saw, Ariana with Coldplay, Ariana with Miley, were just great. And I know that she had given free tickets to everybody who was at the concert in Manchester where the attack happened. So I'm sure... It was really special for them to get to have this experience and have another concert with her so quickly. So if you didn't get to catch any of it, you should definitely check out some of the highlights that are online. And we're going to move right into some older tweets and Tumblr posts. Our first one is from May 28th of 2009, eight years ago. Taylor tweeted, 
My hotel TV is playing inspirational symphony music. I'm not having it, but the remote is all the way across the room. Man. (laughs) (laughs) I miss those witty tweets of hers. Yeah, they were great. And another one from 2009 from May 30th. I just impulsively bought my cat a shirt that says, Hottie, I have no idea why. Maybe I shouldn't have days off. (laughs) I wonder if Olivia has one now. Our next one is from May 31st of 2009. And Taylor tweeted, Out on a lake with the band, trying my best to resist the burning temptation to scream. And she wrote this in all caps. I'm on a boat. (laughs) The next tweet was from 2010, June 2nd. And she tweeted, So I decided that since my lucky number is 13, I'm going to sign for that many hours at CMA Fest. Come say hi. That was awesome, I thought. Yeah, and seven years ago already. So that was the 13-hour meet and greet, right? Right. She ended up doing it for 14. So she just stuck around because there were so many people and she even did a couple performances in the middle of it. Our next one is from May 26th of 2011. Taylor tweeted, My band and I were all sitting there watching in wonderment as Need to Breathe soundcheck today. Omaha, we play for you tomorrow. Now, was that the first Speak Now show? First US, yes. God, that was so long ago already. Yeah, so she opened Red in Omaha, too. So for both tours, that was the opening city. Our next tweet comes from May 28th, 2012. Chinese food, Law & Order DVDs, cat, blanket, couch. (laughs) Very simple. And hopefully she's been able to do that with two cats lately. Yeah, with all of her time off, I hope she's been able to watch like every season of Law & Order. Yes, me too. I think Olivia would especially enjoy that to see who she's named after. Well, on June 1st of 2013, Taylor tweeted, Ran backstage for a quick change in the dark and ran into one of my dancers and realized their costumes are terrifying. And she put that in all caps and included a photo with them. And I kind of have to agree with her, (laughs) especially up close. Yeah, exactly. When you're at the tour and you see him as a whole group, maybe not so much, but individually and close up, yeah. The next tweet is from 2014, June 2nd. She tweeted, making erratic and impulsive decisions as a result of missing my roommate. And the picture that she attached to the tweet is her phone that she put a bunch of cat stickers on the back of it. And doesn't she still have cat stickers on her phone? She did for a long time, I remember. I feel like she got a new phone and put new cat stickers on it. I think so. And this was a couple weeks before she got Olivia. So that was almost three years ago now. Our next one's from May 27th, 2015. Having a Billboard Hot 100 number one with Kendrick Lamar is too exciting for me to even process. Look what you guys did. I'm personally still disappointed they never performed that version. Yeah, me too. That should have happened. Yeah, there were so many opportunities to do that. I wonder why, if there was a reason or if it just never worked out. Someone will have to ask Taylor that someday. (laughs) Well, on May 31st, 2015, Taylor posted, 
when Dan Reynolds from Imagine Dragons comes and surprises the Detroit crowd with Radioactive. And she included a photo of her and Dan singing from that show. And Ashley, you were there, right? I was, yeah. And being so early in the tour, I was surprised that there was a guest in Detroit because previously she had really only brought guests to the biggest cities. Yeah, this was kind of when I think at least I started thinking maybe most stadium shows will have somebody. Because I was also just watching online and felt surprised because I didn't really expect one. And I know there were a few runway guests during that show. Was that the first time in the tour that there were guests? Um, Yeah, I guess it was. It was Martha and Gigi, right? Yes. Oh, yeah. I remember wondering why they were going. I just remember seeing photos of them out and about, and it was clear that they were all flying to Detroit together. And then we found out why. The whole crowd, I think, was so surprised that she brought Imagine Dragons that when she brought even more guests out, we couldn't even handle it. I think I lost my voice from screaming at that show. (laughs) Well, our next one is funny. It's from June 1st of 2015, a Tumblr post. And somebody wrote, Taylor, what is happening here? I'm confused. And included a photo of Taylor on a trail walking backwards. And you can see a guard with his hand up in a straight line. And so Taylor actually responded. And she wrote, I saw the guy with the camera and wasn't in the mood. So I hiked the whole trail backwards and my security told me when to make turns. Very clever. That is so funny. (laughs) Didn't she do that too, coming out of a parking garage or something sometime? Yeah, that was really invasive when... There were camera people in the parking garage. So we're going to move into some squad tweets now. A lot of things going on in the world of Taylor's friends. The first item is something I'm really excited about. Lord released a new song this week from her upcoming album and tweeted, A new song from Melodrama and one of my favorites. This is Perfect Places. And I love this song so much. You guys don't even understand. Seems like everybody loves it. I haven't heard it yet, so I'll have to take your word and go listen after this episode. So this weekend, after releasing it, she was performing at the Governor's Ball, which is a big festival in New York, and she brought out Jack Antonoff on stage. He was also there. Bleachers was performing, and they jammed on this song together, and it was really awesome. I wish I had been there. So then this was also co-written by Jack? Yes. Which, they are just such a good team. I can't wait to hear the rest of the album. Were they the only two writers? I think so. I think for most of the album they were. Oh, okay. Is there actually a list of all the writers for all the songs? I haven't looked, but I'm guessing since the track list is out, that information is probably on iTunes now. Oh, okay. I'll have to look that up. Our next tweet is from Kelsey Ballerini, and she said, The first weekend of the You Look Good tour was one for the books. Gonna be a fun summer. I haven't gotten a chance to see her perform, but I think you have, right, Ashley? Oh yeah, she puts on a great show. I've seen her twice now, and both times were great. Actually, three times. Yeah, I also have not seen her, but I think 
she's somebody definitely to see. I've tried in the past, but just the locations didn't work out for me. I think very soon in the next couple of years, she could be easily headlining her own arena tour. I can see that happening. Yeah, I think so. Especially with her new album soon. Well, our next one is from Ed on May 27th, and he tweeted, Mini Bar Raid, Pringles and M&M's for dinner. Don't stop me. (laughs) (laughs) I like that tweet, and we put that one in there because... It reminded me of Taylor. It reminded me of like 2009, 2010 Taylor. It did, yeah. She would tweet stuff like that all the time back then. And I've enjoyed seeing every night he's been posting stage photos from all the different cities he's playing all around the world. Yeah, I can't wait. It's about uh, three months, a little over three months till I'll get a chance to see him. I wish it was sooner, but it's coming up. The next one is from Bleachers, which is Jack Antonoff's band. He posted tickets on sale now for his tour. And then he included bleachersmusic.com. That's where you can buy it, buy tickets. And his album, Gone Now, just came out this week. So it's really exciting. He must be very, very busy right now because I know that in addition to touring, he's always working with other people. Yeah, I wish they had more dates and locations for this. Well, he labeled this as part one, so I'm guessing there's going to be multiple parts still to be announced. Oh, good. Yeah, I think so too. And it seems to be more focused on, generally, I would say the southeast, but then he does move a little bit more towards the south and then over to California at the end. So you're right. Hopefully we get another part two or part three or even more. Actually, didn't you just go see him live recently? Yeah, and I think I talked forever on last week's episode about how great it was, and (laughs) nobody cared, but I really enjoyed it. I think everyone should go see him. It was my first time seeing him, and I'm definitely going to see him again, because he only did about seven songs at the show I was at, so I really want to see his full show. I'm sure he's great. He's so talented. He just has a great stage energy. He's just constantly running around and jumping around and you can tell how much he loves what he's doing that's awesome and speaking of jack we're going to move into our news segment and our first item has to do with jack as well jack was on beats one radio talking to zane Lowe, which anytime people come on that show it's always like really great in-depth interviews i love listening to him and zane asked him Are there moments when you're in the studio working with someone like Taylor and you see what nobody else ever gets to see, which is that moment as an artist, as a writer, which is just so purely connected? And he said, every time I'm with her, she's a person who knows how to take her experience in life and put it into a song. That's genius. That's what a songwriter is. And all of the other crap in her life doesn't seem to affect that. And she's a brilliant songwriter. And that's why she just keeps on making these records she's not a pop star or a celebrity she's the songwriter first you get in a room and just talk about what's going on in life and just start playing and you put it into a song and that's amazing and this is so consistent with what everybody says about taylor she's first a songwriter i think that's what makes her so genuine and easy to relate to absolutely and during this interview he also mentioned that Taylor was the first person to, I think he used the word trust him 
to produce a song. And that would be Sweeter Than Fiction back in 2013. And obviously that became the start of this amazing partnership between them. Well, this past week, Taylor Nation retweeted the NHL on NBC. And that might sound like an odd thing for them to do, but that's because they produced a commercial for the finals that includes blank space in it because the theme of the commercial is that when you win the championship, you get your name written on the Stanley Cup. So the song fit in perfectly with that theme. Yeah, this is really cool. It's crazy because we're talking about a song that was written so long ago and that was a single practically three years ago. But it's featured on this commercial and it really fits it so perfectly. So Austin, Taylor's brother, was recently featured in Vanity Fair and he had some things to say about Taylor. So the quote about Taylor was, something I learned myself and through watching her is respect. You just respect everyone's time, everyone that you're working with. They're all there. It's all their lives. And you need to put the work in to be worth that. Yeah. And that's another thing that people consistently say about her is she's just so respectful of everybody and doesn't hold herself above anybody. It reminded me actually of the Met Gala. There was a photo of her walking over and shaking a security guard's hand just off the side of the red carpet. Yeah, that's a perfect example. That's what I thought of when I read that quote. Yeah, she's just so gracious and appreciative of everybody. And this feature was really cool because Austin's just paving his own path and he's already so successful, even though he's young and just graduated two years ago from Notre Dame. But he's already been featured in movies and has a lot of other projects lined up. Yeah, I really can't wait to see what he does next. And I think he's really establishing his own career path. I mean, I'm sure being connected to Taylor does help him, but it really seems like he's very determined to make it on his own. And that's pretty cool to see. Yeah. And I I think you can tell because it's not like he's the feature star. I think other people would use their family name to quickly become the lead. But for right now, he has more minor roles. So it'll be fun just to see him develop and continue to grow as an actor. That's all we have for the news this week, and we will be right back with our main discussion. All right, so as we mentioned, we have this great timeline from Billboard that highlights all the major milestones of Taylor's career from the beginning up until now, and it kicks off in 2006 with obviously the first single, Tim McGraw, being released and highlights that it stayed on the Billboard Hot 100 for 20 weeks peaked at number 40, and also reached number 6 on the Hot Country Songs chart. And then shortly after, in October 2006, the debut self-titled album came out, and it debuted at number 19 on the Billboard chart, and it stayed on the chart for 277 weeks, which is five years, over five years. Wow. That's mind-blowing. So it stayed in there basically through the Speak Now era. How often do albums stay on for that long? Is that common? I don't think so. I don't think so either. 
So 1989 will stay on for probably 800 weeks, right? <laughs> the rest of our lives, give or take. Well, 2007 was a big year for Taylor. On February 19th, she released Teardrops on My Guitar as the second single, which was on the Billboard Hot 100 for 48 weeks, almost a year. And it peaked at number 13, which I'm sure Taylor was happy about. And then... On September 9th of that year, our song was released as the third single. It spent 36 weeks on the Billboard Hot 100 and peaked at number 16. But importantly, this was the first number one on the Hot Country Songs chart. And it spent six weeks at the top. And so Taylor often talks about this because Scott, the manager of her label, actually didn't want our song to be on the debut album, but Taylor fought for it because she wrote it when she was in ninth grade for a talent show. So she always references that. She says it, it was her first number one, as in on the Hot Country Songs chart, and she had to fight for it to actually be on the album and then to be a single. So I always like that story. You just really have to fight for yourself. And then the next month on October 14th, Taylor released her first EP, which was Sounds of the Season, the Taylor Swift Holiday Collection, and it peaked at number 20 on the Billboard 200 and was number one on top holiday albums. And we always whine about how we want another holiday album. <laughs> Maybe someday. It's funny because for some reason, I feel like I never really listened to those songs or that EP at all. Is that the same for you guys, or do you listen to it come holiday time, or? Oh, yeah, every single year. I do, yeah. <laughs> I honestly don't, because I feel like I hear the song so much in all the stores, like everywhere <laughs> I am, that I don't really put it on at home, but I do enjoy it. She sounds so young on that album. She does. Kind of like a chipmunk sometimes. Yeah, <laughs> it's her voice is so funny. <laughs> but, you know, she wrote two of the songs on that album herself and rearranged songs like White Christmas just, I think, brilliantly, in my own opinion. But I put it in my car usually right around Thanksgiving till the new year. And it's just great, but it's too short. It goes so quick to play it from beginning to end. And I will always remember 2007 because that was the year that I first saw Taylor perform and she was opening for Brad Paisley. And I can't believe that that was now over 10 years ago. Me too. I saw her in August of 2007 and I only went to see her. I think Brad's fine, but I have not actually gone to see him in concert since then. I just wanted to see Taylor. I wonder if we could find the set list online from her opening set for Brad Paisley. Although I bet we can probably guess what it was. I bet it was about five songs and it had to have been Tim McGraw, Teardrops, Our Song. And then what would the other two be? She probably did some covers, did she? She might have. I can't remember off the top of my head. Yeah. You know, back then, I know I had a camera, but it wasn't that great. And I don't have any videos from there, which is really sad. I really wish I would have some. 
But it's funny, even if you think back then, we didn't have smartphones or anything like that. Or maybe were they around? I definitely myself did not have one. I think at that point I had one of those Motorola razors. So I think it had, you know, internet capability and a camera, but it wasn't very good. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, that's probably about right. Probably five songs. And she would meet people after and I was just so dumb. I didn't know that that was a thing. And <laughs> I I couldn't afford great seats. So I was way in the back and I was just completely clueless. So I didn't go to see her afterward. If I had known... I definitely would have, but Adam actually did, and, and you got to meet her. I did. I went with a friend of mine, and we got to take a picture with her CMT award and got to meet her, and since that moment, I have become a lifelong fan. Which award was it for? Um, It was her very first CMT award, and it was for Breakthrough Music Video for Tim McGraw. Oh, that's cool. Those are the belt buckle ones, right? Yes, it was. Mm -hmm. Oh, that's awesome. Well, 2008, obviously a really big year for Taylor. Later in the year, in September, was when Love Story, the lead single of Fearless, was released. It spent 36 weeks on the Billboard Hot 100, peaked at number four, and hit number one on the Hot Country Songs chart. In November, Love Story was named the Song of the Year at BMI's 57th Country Awards, making it her second consecutive win in the category following her win for Teardrops on My Guitar. On November 11th was the Fearless release. The album held the number one position on the Billboard 200 for a total of 11 weeks, which became the longest chart-topping album by a female country artist and obviously it was a huge year love story was such a huge song really i think opened up taylor to so much more success it really made her more well known okay next up we're in 2009 january 10th she made her debut appearance as a musical guest on saturday night live she returns on November 7th, 2009 as both host and musical guest. Do you remember what she performed her first appearance? I don't remember. I I don't remember either. Well, it's her debut appearance as a musical guest. So it's just singing that first appearance. Well, I don't know, but I actually just looked it up. And it was Love Story and Forever and Always. I don't even think I remember that. I should go watch that. Yeah, the only thing I remember is when she was in the one sketch as Annie. Mm. But other than that, I didn't remember it. And she returned on November 7th, 2009 as both host and musical guest. And that time she performed You Belong With Me and Untouchable. See, for that, I can only remember Untouchable. I think it's probably because we've seen the sketches so many times over the years, but probably not the musical performances. Well, yeah, because they cut them out. Yeah, if you go when they rebroadcast the episodes or if you go on like your on demand where they'll have the episodes or on Hulu, for some reason, it's usually just the sketches, not the musical performances. That's so sad. <laughs> um, And then soon after, 
February 8th in 2009, Taylor performed her song 15 with Miley Cyrus at the 51st Grammy Awards. She went on to win a total of seven Grammy Awards between 2009 and 2012. And then August 22nd, 2009, her single You Belong With Me became her fourth number one on the Hot Country Songs chart, and it was her highest charting hit at the time on the Billboard Hot 100, reaching number two. I can't believe they didn't reach number one, actually. That's surprising. Yeah. But I think Billboard Hot 100 for country artists is much more difficult. Oh. I'm sure, yeah. That makes sense. Yeah, that's my best guess. Moving on to September 13th, 2009, she received the award for Best Female Video at the 2009 MTV Video Music Awards, the infamous awards. During her acceptance speech, Kanye West infamously takes the stage to interrupt. Yo, Taylor, I'm really happy for you. I'm going to let you finish. But Beyonce had one of the best videos of all time, he explains. One of the best videos of all time. I think we've probably talked about that one enough (laughs) over the years that there's not more to say at this point. No, not much more to say. (laughs) Yeah, you know, I was just thinking the other day that I hope, and Taylor can do whatever she wants, but I hope she just doesn't address Kanye or Katie at all. Or Kim. (laughs) I agree. Or Kim. (laughs) Yeah. I think she should just let it be and just take the high road. But if she does respond, I'm sure it will be in an inappropriate and fantastic way. There was a time when I was hoping that she would write about the Kim and Kanye thing on the next album. But I'm kind of just so sick of all the, you know, fights or whatever you want to call it with, with other artists that I'm just kind of, I agree. I would rather just have her move on and not discuss it. Yeah, I think she should just show how mature she is and just not even say anything because i'm sure she has seen how both with katie and kanye they have been the ones keeping this going and keeping this in the headlines without her doing anything so there's no reason for her to give them more reason to keep this going for another five years (laughs) yeah five years or more or more (laughs) So moving into 2010, obviously a big year for Taylor, Speak Now was released, her third album, and it peaked at number one on the Billboard 200. It stayed there for 11 weeks, and it quickly became a best-selling album. Well, yeah, and one thing that Billboard omitted here, but as Taylor fans, we know, this was the first time she had the first week exceed a million copies sold. And this was the first time she put out an album that she wrote all by herself. Yeah, I was just thinking the other day when Better Man actually came on the radio, which Taylor wrote all by herself. And I was thinking how great it would be to have another album like Speak Now. I wonder what Taylor prefers because Speak Now is obviously a fantastic album and she wrote it all by herself. And then Red and 1989 were pretty much all written with co-writers with the exception of a couple of songs so i wonder what she prefers i don't know she does always talk about how she learns a lot when she collaborates with people and it seems like the trend she's been following lately but when you have songs like better man and even if you look at this love from 1989 
which she wrote by herself. She's just so talented, just all on her own. So even if this album six isn't completely independently written by Taylor, which I don't think it is, because like we said in the past, we are speculating that she's working with people like Jack Antonoff, which would be great. But I just hope there will be more than just one song that's written completely by her on her own. Well, 2011 was exciting because Taylor won Artist of the Year at the American Music Awards, which was huge. And she has since dominated that award show for many years after that. And that year she was busy most of the year touring for Speak Now. Moving into... 2012 in february taylor graced the cover of vogue magazine and moving on to august she released we are never ever getting back together which was the lead single off of red and this was the first single in taylor's career to peak at number one on the billboard hot 100 the album red was released on october 22nd and sold 1.21 million copies in its first week debuting at number one on the Billboard 200 chart. And it was the second highest debut for a female artist ever after Britney Spears' Oops, I Did It Again. And that's exciting because what I always admire about the sales Taylor is able to achieve is that CD sales in general are plummeting, but hers are continuing to grow. Yeah, with every album, it's been a progressive incline, which is fun to see. Because when Britney Spears' Oops, I Did It Again came out, everybody bought CDs then. So for Taylor to come close to that number in 2012 is, to me, a huge accomplishment. Moving to 2013, on November 25th, Taylor won Artist of the Year for the third time at the American Music Awards, making her the all-time winner in the category. On March 13th, 2013 is uh, the Red Tour started in Omaha, Nebraska. During a stop on the tour in Sydney, Australia, Swift sold out Allianz Stadium with an at capacity crowd of 40,900 fans, making her the first female artist in history to do so since it opened in 1988. She was also the first female artist since Madonna to undertake a stadium tour down under. It's pretty crazy. The first one since Madonna? That's a long time. Yeah, really long time. On August 25th in 2013, I Knew Your Trouble won Best Female Video at the 2013 VMAs. That is a great video. Well deserved. Yeah, that was when she accepted it with Bruno Mars standing beside her. and (laughs) He's so short and she had these heels on. Just made you realize how tall Taylor is. Well, 2014 was obviously a huge year for Taylor, even though she was not very active at the beginning of the year because she was finishing up the Red Tour. But on August 18th, Shake It Off was released, which was huge and really exciting. Not just the single, but the music video was also released. Then on August 27th, it became her second Billboard Hot 100 number one, because as we just said, We're Never Ever Getting Back Together was her first. And it was only the 22nd time where a song debuted at number one, which was huge to just debut right number one. But 
I'm sure the lead single off album six will do the same thing. Then on November 4th, 1989 debuted at number one on the Billboard 200 albums chart, and it had the largest sales week for an album since 2002, which was again back around the Britney Spears era. I think she was really, really close to beating Britney, but didn't. And so 1989 sold 1.287 million copies in that first week. And like we said, her numbers just keep progressing with each album. And then on November 29th, Blank Space was number one on the Billboard Hot 100, and it spent seven weeks there. It's really interesting to me to look at those Billboard numbers because obviously Taylor was super popular, and as the years went on, her popularity increased and increased. But you start to see in 2014 the number ones start to happen, and despite her being really, really popular in the Red Era and the Speak Now era. It seemed like she would always, you know, hit number four or number two. But I think her, her popularity hit its height in 2014. And will continue to do so. Oh, yeah. I don't think anything that's released in 2017 or 2018 is not going to get to number one. That's for sure. Yeah, and really, I think it's the just going to straight pop that really, I think, helped. Because it, she just became more of a, I think she was already a household name, but this just made it even more so. So in 2015, a big chart highlight was the premiere of the Bad Blood video, which came out on June 6th, 2015. So we're actually approaching the two-year anniversary already this week. And the video helped the song get to number one on the Billboard Hot 100. Then in November... 1989 was celebrating a full year in the top 10 of the Billboard 200 chart, and it was only the fifth album to spend its first full year of release in the top 10. And the other albums which spent their first year of release in the top 10 were Born in the USA from Bruce Springsteen in 1984, Rumors by Fleetwood Mac in 1977, Falling Into You from Celine Dion in 1996, and most recently, Adele with 21 in 2011. I'm sure Album 6 will also do the same. Absolutely. It'll be nice for her to have two records on there, hopefully soon. And also in November of 2015, Wildest Dreams became the fifth top 10 single from 1989 when it hit number 5 on the Billboard Hot 100. And shortly after that, in December 2015, Taylor topped the Billboard Dance Mix Show airplay chart for the first time with Wildest Dreams. And this was due to the remix from DJ Rehab that was popular around that time. Well, 2016 was probably one of Taylor's best years, especially because in February she took home three Grammy Awards for Best Music Video for Bad Blood, Best Pop Vocal Album and Album of the Year. And she's the first woman to win the Album of the Year award twice. Her other win was for Fearless. Also in February, Out of the Woods became her sixth top 20 single from 1989. And it peaked at number 12. In April came the seventh top 20 hit with New Romantics. In May, she won her 21st career Billboard Music Award, and those 21 awards are the most of any artists. 
And in July, kind of making a full circle all the way back to the very beginning of this discussion, it was the 10th anniversary of her debut on the Billboard chart with Tim McGraw. That was July 1st, 2006. So this article is pretty cool just because they keep updating it. And as you can tell, it's a lot of chart news because it's written by Billboard. But it'll be exciting to see them continue to update this. They, I think, first released it in 2014. And I think in the future, they'll have a lot of updating to do. Yeah, I can't even imagine the milestones that she might reach before the end of 2017 if a single and or an album are released. And then hopefully moving into 2018, a tour, which I'm sure will shatter ticket records. Well, that's all we have for our main discussion. We hope you guys enjoyed it. Just a few reminders before we go. If you could press the subscribe button on iTunes, that will download our latest episode for you automatically. And if you have a moment and can leave us a review and a five-star rating, we always appreciate that. It helps other people find our show easier. If you want to contact us with any feedback or anything at all throughout the week, we're on Twitter at SwiftCast13. We're on Tumblr, Instagram, Facebook, all at SwiftCast13. You can email us at swiftcast13show at gmail.com, and our website is swiftcast13.com, which has all of those methods as well. And if you didn't get to listen to episode 201, where we counted down our favorite moments of the 1989 tour, definitely go back and listen. That was such a fun episode. Yeah, that was so much fun. People on Twitter have been saying it's making them very emotional, I think in a good way. Yeah, I think so. It's always fun to look back on those moments. Well, we kind of have gotten away from predicting what Taylor is going to do next week since she hasn't been around as much, but she was spotted in Nashville this weekend. Um, The photo was pretty blurry and far away, so not a lot to report from that. But I'm curious if you guys think we'll see her out and about anywhere coming up soon. I think so soon. Another thing that happened this week was Abigail officially announced that Taylor is one of her bridesmaids, so she's probably busy getting ready for the wedding. Yeah, probably. I would love to see anything Taylor puts together for that. I'm sure it'll be beautiful. I think Taylor will be seen out in Nashville. I hope that maybe if she's out somewhere, she gets to take a picture with a couple fans as opposed to having some paparazzi take pictures of her. So that'd be nice. Maybe we'll get some Tumblr posts or some twitter fans that post pictures uh if they get a chance to see her that would be nice yeah it seemed like she was definitely at a private residence when this photo was taken so if she does stay in nashville maybe she'll go out and visit some of her favorite spots we haven't really seen her out on the town there in a long time we've seen her in the park hiking so she could do that again yeah and that's when she often does random photo shoots with fans so that'd be nice to see you again well we will keep you guys updated and we will be back next week but for now this has been episode 202 with ashley steph adam and sammy thanks for listening guys thanks guys see ya bye thank you for listening to this episode of swiftcast visit us on the web at theswiftcast.com Swiftcast is not directly affiliated with Taylor Swift, Big Machine Label Group, or 13 Management.